Welcome to Bucket Stop Blog, where I ask everyone the same question and record the conversation. The question is, let's talk about your perfect day, however you interpret the word perfect. Write down everything you want to do, then take a step back and split your perfect 24 hours into four buckets or priorities. Don't think about money, reality, or logic. Make it as perfect as you want. Don't think of it as your last 24 hours either. Think of it as the same 24 hours you'd live again and again to experience a full life of happiness and fulfillment. In today's episode and conversation, I talk with a very good friend of mine. His name's Adam. Now, if there was any family that I could identify as a reflection of my own, it would be Adam's. Although, the similarities to our families have not been created by chance. We use Adam's family as a baseline and an example of the family dynamic we strive to have. As for Adam himself, he is the baseline of the husband, father, and friend that I personally strive to be. We have known each other since college, and we have supported each other to make it this far as fathers and husbands. Regardless of the circumstances each of our families have been through, the baseline that both of us have always reverted back to faith. We both have faith that no matter what happens, we will be okay. The storm will pass, and we will continue to be happy with God and each other. So on that note, I hope that you learned as much from this conversation as I did, and I hope you enjoy the show. Thanks a lot. Yeah, so if I were to look at one of my four buckets that I would want would just be family and adventures. So I look at that piece as every aspect of my life I want to build up my family. If I had the opportunity to go do something new and see the smiles on my little girl's faces by doing something brand new, that would bring peace and joy and everything to um, my life and fill me up. So give you, for example, whenever me and my wife, Jean, when we first got married, snow skiing was a big passion of mine. And I wanted to go and share that with her. It's something that she'd never done before. And now it didn't quite go the way that I I wanted it to go, but it was still something new. It was still a new adventure. I'm the type of person where I want to plan and organize and be structured as possible. So I've actually, if I look at my calendar over the next 20 years, I've got a big excursion planned for my family every two years. And, And again, to me, that's something that, I see my family growing from, I see my family experiencing great things from. So family and adventures and how we can grow and do challenging and fun and and different things together. Adventures has to be in in that same bucket. That's a requirement? Okay. Yep. Can I ask questions or did you want to get some momentum? No. Okay. Go ahead. That first bucket, when you say adventures, is it since you kind of have this grand scheme of the next 20 years, do they, your wife or your kids, have input on what those excursions or adventures would look like? Yeah, so I, I think at the end of the day, it's an outline. So I've got an outline where every couple of years we're doing something, and I've got it set up where in two years is me and Jean's 10-year anniversary, and we've always talked about going to Hawaii, so that's one of them. Kids always want to go to Disney World. I've put that in there in about four years, and then I got it set up later on down the line where I'll pick an adventure that someplace that I've always wanted to go, and then Jean's got an adventure where a place that she's always wanted to go. And then as the girls old, get older and they start maturing later on during that 20-year pass, I've got something set up where Addison, your pick. You get to go anywhere in the world that you want to go. You make it happen. Financially, we'll make this piece work for it. And then same thing for Avery. So to answer your question, yeah, they've got input on it. And 
we, we do it as a family. We do it together. Okay. You know, I, I love that. I do kind of have this other curiosity. So it is your perfect day and it is your, your essentially perfect bucket, but there's other people mm-hmm. involved, right? So most people that I've interviewed had said family, but the adventures portion of what makes this piece unique for you. And I'm curious that your wife, your kids, I ha- I'm going to assume, and I think I'm accurate saying that family is a bucket for them, but there's no real guarantee that adventures would be in that same bucket along with the family. So do you ever right. have like uh, a doubt or a nervousness about the kids growing up and not wanting to do that, that adventure portion, but they still want the family? I, I think being realistic, realistic, uh, when kids grow up, there's going to be certain periods in their life where they don't want to do certain things with mom and dad. Uh, so yes, I, I could see that happen. But at the same time, I still think that, and I, I feel passionate about how our family is going to grow and it, every family's not perfect. I, I can picture how I, I can see my family and who knows, my girls might grow up and they hate dad's guts because I, I did something stupid. So anything can happen and anything can can change along the way. But at the end of the day, we still got to figure it out and, and do things together for for us as a family. And you know what? We might get to year 16 and we're supposed to go to the Grand Canyon or something like that. And it doesn't work out for whatever reason. Maybe dad has a heart attack that year. Um, I don't know. So I, I want to plan as much as I can, but also realistic that certain things are going to happen in life and, and we can't plan it. And it, it just is what it is. So we'll have to punt that year or we'll have to punt for two or three years and maybe we do something different. And and also on that piece, I'm looking at it as my immediate family and I'm, I'm looking at it from a very big picture. If I look at it from a granular scale, I look at today. So if today was my last day, I got the opportunity to go down the street and play with the dog and play with the girls and play with the wife. And we were all at the park together and just getting to see them smile, getting to see the joy that come, comes across their face by going down a slide. That, that, that's still part of the, the bucket. It's still having that adventure together. It doesn't have to be anything drastic. It can be something small too, like going to the donut shop on a Saturday. That's an adventure for us. I should have asked that question up front. You really drilled a hole in that one where adventure is not is not going out to Disney World all the time or traveling the world all the time. It really just it can be as as simple as you know going down a slide. You know, so do you have a kind of a a grasp of what you define as adventure? If I look at adventure and I for whatever reason I'm I'm just picturing my kids and I'm picturing my wife. This can be I've got family in there. This can be anything. But I'm whenever I'm looking at those three people. Adventure is excitement that comes to their, their, their face and joy that comes into their hearts. And if I can bring that, and usually, usually when you get that type of experience, you're, you're doing something. It's not because you're sitting on the couch watching TV, but it, it's, it is because you're going to the park, or it is your, because you're going to a, a baseball game that's down the street. Um, it, again, it doesn't have to be big, but just something that can be small and, and tangible that it brings excitement to people. So I, and I guess I, I should explain that. That's kind of where I see the adventure coming from. It's that excitement that they get. That's amazing because, you know, sometimes I actually do get sad for me because I'm thinking, you know what, I don't have kind of the means to to bring my kids out to Disney World or put them on a plane and go across the countries. You know, it it makes me sad. But but when you put it like that, it's like I am thinking too too, uh, extravagantly, right? 
I need to find the joys in the simple things and still provide the, those joys and smiles, like you said. It doesn't have to be across the world. So it kind of gives me a <laughs> sense of, of uh, you know, gratitude for the things that I can give. Yeah, but now you did say that it was a, a time where we didn't have to worry about money. So whenever you said I didn't have to worry about money, I was going big. Yeah, but but even when you, and that's the best part, is I gave you the option to go big, and yet you still found joy in the little, the small, tiny details, or not details, but the simple things in life. And that's, that's yep. kind of an, another thing, another pattern that I've noticed in these conversations is you could literally give all the money in the world to somebody, and they still find ways to find joy in in things that aren't worth anything as far as money's concerned. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I'm glad that you kind of hit on that point. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's the first bucket. How about the second? So second bucket, and just FYI, I don't have these in any particular order. So second bucket, if I were to pick out, I got 24 hours, and was it 24 divided by four, six hours a day? Is that right? Sure. Um, I would I would have that set up for serving others. So 100%, a portion of my day is doing stuff for other people. And I guess a couple of examples I have for that is, Roger, you and me went to uh, UM Army. So it's basically a mission outreach that we got to go to for a week. And I think we were at a portion of Houston and we woke up at 6 a.m. in the morning. We have a project that we go to and we work on throughout a, a given day, a given week. So, for example, we were in a group of about four or five people and we had to build a wheelchair ramp for somebody that we didn't know, but they needed our help. So the opportunity to go and, and help somebody out if somebody needs their lawn mowed or if, Roger, if you called me up on Tuesday afternoon, assuming I lived in Houston and you said, Adam, I got to move and I need your help. That gives me joy. And honestly, this is one of the things I, I don't have God in here, but serving others is when I feel closest to God. And that's a big part of my life. And I, I feel uh, strong to that because I, I feel doing those good things for other people, that is 100% Holy Spirit working through me and, and kind of being released to other people. Not my by my own doing or anything like that, but again, that's God's presence in my life. And if I can go and help other people, that's, that's a, a portion of me that I want to give out to it. And I give you um, another example. Just the opportunity, if you, you, you see people whenever they go to Chick-fil-A or if they go to a restaurant and uh, they pick up the tab for somebody who's two tables over and they don't say a word to them. They don't tell them who it was. But to do those random, got the, the random acts for kindness for people and not letting them know, but knowing that they've got to, once they get that and it happens to them, there's joy that's overcoming um, on their heart, overcoming on their mind saying, wow, somebody did something good for me. So again, serving others, and that can be so many different ways that you can kind of reach and point to and different things that you can do it. But if I had to pick a portion out of my day, that would be a, another aspect that I definitely want to include. Yeah, so in, in the, well, first off, I'm glad you brought up UM Army because uh, I, you, like you said before, I've known you for about 10 to 12 years, and UM Army feel, feels like we volunteered yesterday. Um, that is, mm-hmm. those are memories that are very strong to me, very clear. Uh, something I gravitate towards, um, especially when I talk to you, like the, they just come flowing back. I don't know. At first, I thought that weekend, that particular, not probably multiple weekends, but that specific uh, event was like, I thought at, at first it was significant because of the religious portion, right? So we did have these services before we went out and, and helped the community. And I thought those services would, would be 
the significant part of, of, of why I remember those things. But as you kept talking, it really was about the community and the giving time portion more so than the religion portion, if that makes sense. And then you kept going, you kept going some more and you said, well, giving time to somebody or giving something to somebody is how you experience religion and spirituality. And so really here I am trying to think back on that portion of my life. And I'm trying to think specifically for this one thing. And what you've helped me realize is that it's actually multiple things, right? It's significant because of these multiple things that are all tied together. And that's why I remember it so clearly is because it was important with all of those things in mind. So I'm, I'm so glad that you brought that up because, I don't know, I, mean, I kind of thought it was just me who thought that, that those weekends <laughs> were special, right? right? The other one was, the, the other kind of thought that I was thinking about as you were talking is, so I've, you know, I told you before that I interviewed a small group of people. So we're at 15 right now. And people... You know, the the helping others bucket is not that unique. Everybody kind of has some form of that. What's unique about this bucket for you and the way you described it is it almost sounds like it almost sounds like volunteering, right? You're you're not necessarily giving money and you're not in some sort of particular career that helps people in this sense. You are literally like breaking it down to the simple objective of helping someone in any possible way, whether that is whether that is paying for their dinner randomly or building a wheelchair ramp and and the possibilities of helping someone are so endless and your statement you know is that's why it's so unique is it just it's it goes down to the core of why you help somebody yeah and i think the the neat part about it is everybody can everybody can give in a different way like if you want to give money great give money if you you want to give your time throughout the day, then great. Go give up your time throughout the day. I don't think people are constrained in how they can help other people out. It's endless. You can do um, numerous things. You can go to the food pantry. You can go make a peanut butter and jelly lunch and give it to the guy at the shrink corner. But again, there's so many ways that you can give back to people and the whole purpose is to show God's love and to bring joy in their life. That's the purpose. Yeah, so so in your in your kind of imagining yourself in this perfect day, is is that, I mean... Like, what do you visually see yourself doing? Do you re- visually see yourself making that PB&J and handing it off to someone? Or do you visually seeing, like, I don't know, you in the middle of Africa putting wells together? Like, <laughs> like what do you see just visually? Yeah, yeah. so I think uh, if I were to look at my life, and I've actually done this ex- exercise before, and I- I've talked to you about it. If I look at my life and I see areas where I need to improve and I need to get better, there is a portion of my life where I I said to myself, you know what, I don't do enough for the community and I need to give back more. So for a month, me, uh, me, I had a goal for myself as well as my family that we'd go make uh, sack lunches for the homeless. So every Friday night for a month straight, we made lunches and Saturday morning, uh, we got in the car and we looked for homeless people on the side of the road and Addison, my little four-year-old, rolled down the window, handed the sack of lunch out and gave it to the guy on the street corner. So I guess with that is if I can get into continuous habits by, by setting a goal for it, then hopefully that goal will become continuous. It becomes repetitive. It becomes an extra habit. It doesn't come across as a one-month goal or a quarterly goal. And now I'd like to sit here and tell you that I, I continue to do that every single Saturday. I, I don't currently, but still to get in the habit of keeping that, that mindset there where I, I am looking for opportunities to get back. But to give you, I guess, to go back to your question, 
if there's an opportunity that comes up down the line and it, it makes sense to go to Africa and dig wells and do something for people, great. If there's an opportunity to go help my neighbor out who's down the street and he's bagging leaves up, then can I go grab my girls and let's go help and see if he can give me a hand. And then it goes back to like the, the whole pay it forward movie. If, if I help somebody else, do they take that same piece and go help somebody else that they see in, in need for it? So it's a, it's a domino effect. I, I I see that. So just to recap what you said, it's not necessarily what you do. It's the consistency that you're looking for. The consistency consistency yeah. of helping somebody. Yep. I appreciate that. Okay, let's yeah. move on to that to that next one. So the next one, I talked all lovey and dovey with family adventures and serving others. My third piece is outdoor sports. So this is one that's not part of my life anymore, but it was it was extremely fun. Uh, if I had the opportunity to pick. 10 or 12 friends and go play basketball for six hours outside on the basketball court and get bruised up and sweaty and bloody and airball a basketball shot every time I throw it up or go play soccer with a, a group of guys and run off some energy, that would that bring joy to me because I'm 32 years old and I know I'm not 50 or anything like that, but I'm 32. I, I feel like I'm getting older and it's nice to do some fun stuff every now and then. And I'm I'm a big outdoors person. I don't like sitting inside. I don't like um, watching TV all day long. And that some people do that. That's great. Uh, I'd rather be outside. And again, if I can go grab a group of guys and go do something that makes me feel like I'm 16 again, that'd be pretty neat. But uh, I'm pretty sure I'd cramp up and pull muscles and break a bone or something like that. But uh, if I can do it for a couple hours during during the day, that'd be pretty neat. So just to clarify, it's not necessarily, well, which one is it? Is it the, the activity that you're doing? Is it the sense of play and freedom? Is it the people that you're actually playing with? If you kind of... Um, I- yeah, I, I'd say if if I had to, had a lineup of, of a couple of quality guys that I've met over the course of my life, yeah, I'd say it's the, the people that I'm with that I'm getting the experience with. And then also it's it's the activity. So I, I like playing basketball. I like playing football. I like playing baseball and soccer. So if I could pick a handful of guys and guys or, or gals that I've played sports with in the past and have some camaraderie out there in the field and the a little bit of a competitive play and some smack talking going across the court or across the field, that would that would be ideal for me. And again, I, I go to work every single day, so 6 to 5 or 8 to 5, whatever my time is. So I'm on the road. Uh, I come back home. I cook and eat dinner with the family and put the kids to bed and just don't get to have a whole lot of outdoor running around time like I used to. So if I had to bring that into my life, I'd, I'd love the opportunity for it. And again, going back to your your question be pretty neat to hang out with some of the guys that I, I grew up with in high school and some of the guys that I met with in college. Yeah, that's why I asked the question because I had a friend who their sole object, they one of their sole objectives is to just go play volleyball, right? So that they just joined a mm-hmm. random city intramural team and they just play and they have no idea who these people are and they just jump on a, a random team and that fulfills them. Then I you know, I talked to another friend who said, you know, I really love playing basketball. But as we started talking, I noticed there was a pattern. The pattern was they, they, they love playing basketball on a specific team with specific people. And these specific people are lifelong friends. So then we kind of dug a little yeah. bit deeper. And they just, it, necessar- it wasn't necessarily the basketball. It was the, the people that, the time they were spending with those close friends. So if they were sure. on the basketball court or in a coffee shop or at a movie, it's all the same. It's just the time. So, but, yeah. but it sounds like all of those things uh, are important to you. 
the people you spend the time you spend with someone as well as what you're doing. Yeah, and I'd say uh, out of all my my, my four quad- quadrants or my four sectors that I have, this is probably the one that I I haven't had in my life in a while, just because I've moved so different, so many different places over the past five or six years that I haven't had that consistent bond and, and friendship uh, of core uh, guys to go out there, and I haven't had the opportunity with two girls to to get away and go meet some people and then go play go play a sport and I, I I haven't made time for it so I've I've got all sorts of excuses that I could bring to the table for it and at the end of the day if it's that important I should probably probably make time but it does take a while to, to build up the relationships with certain people versus the the years that you spent with people in high school or the years that you spent with college I, I think at the end of the day if it's in, if it's important to somebody then they can find time they can they can make it work so it's one of those things I just got to put in the effort. I got to put in the time to make happen. I, I, I kind of feel like this is the first bucket out of the three where you've clearly stated up front that this is not something you've put time into. Yeah. And I have to ask, it's important It's important enough for you to mention, but why mm-hmm. isn't it not important for you to in- incorporate? I, I think at the end of the day, I've got my goals change throughout my life. My goals change monthly. My goals change quarterly. My goals change yearly on on what's important to me. Over the, the past year, I've just had other things that have been key pieces that I've wanted to get right in my life. And I put those first. I'm at a point right now in my life where I've got things that have changed and I've got to put that goal on the list and I just got to go do it. So after I, I recently moved to Georgia about two weeks ago, so we're still getting the house in order. I think that's one thing. Again, I just got to put it on the list and go. You know, I get it. Uh, life gets in the way, which is kind of what led me to this conversation in the first place. So it is tough. Yeah. It's tough having to balance all yeah. those things. Yeah. And like I said, I, I think at the end of the day, we can make an excuse for everything. So I, I can certainly go through my list of excuses and say why I haven't made this a priority. But still, it's it, like you said, it's one of the four. And it is one of the first one of the first things that I said I, I just thought I hadn't done. So for me as a person, and I guess anybody else listening, you just got to go in there and you got to make it a priority. And I got to put it on my list of things to do for the day or a list of things to do for the week. Uh, last one. So last one I've got, it's a mixture of three things. So I've got, and this is kind of wrapping up my day. It's a game night, date night with two to three couples and then a romantic evening with my wife. So I, I talked about family piece at the very beginning, and it's my wife and my two girls. At this, this one, this is probably a little bit more focused that brings meaning to um, me and Jean. So I know for her, she loves doing game night. She loves going out with different other couples. I like going out with different couples. I'm not a big group type of person. Like I don't, I don't like being in, in big crowds or anything like that, but I like being with close friends and I like being with um, small groups. So taking that and then taking a, uh, a bunch of games and throwing it out there, whether it's Pictionary or board games, it's something that me and Gene both like doing together. So bringing those two things in there. And then after that, it's, wine and a, a nice meal and a nice romantic evening with a wife to kind of close out the day. And that's one thing that we're uh, in the process right now, trying to meet different friends here in the area that we moved to, to find those um, new couples to kind of engage with and, and find friends and find meaning and gather with them at the same time where me and her can kind of grow as a husband and wife together too. Yeah, I love it. It's it's just, <clears throat> this is kind of the first time where I'm I'm torn 
I'm torn whether or not I should we should allow you to to combine the couples night and the wife <laughs> in one bucket. You know? I mean, I see the I see the point, right? It's it's something that you and your wife share uh interest in and it it brings you joy and fulfillment. But then but then it's still like there's still that that extra portion with you and your wife. I you know, I'm almost inclined to say you have to pick one or the other. Okay. If I had to pick one, then I'd I'd throw out the the friends portion and uh, I'd I'd keep it romantic time with myself and my wife because that's the uh, <laughs> time that we, we 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 love my friends to death. But um, my wife's got to be right there at the top notch, and we've got to to grow as a husband and wife, both overall talking and communication with each other. And who doesn't love a little love making on the side too, right? Yeah. So that's great. But I think we've got to get it right as husband and wife before we can be mom and dad. So once we get husband or wife right, I think that's where we can grow as a, as a family, as a unit together with each other. Yeah, so go ahead. As much as I want to throw the game night in with you, Stephanie, and uh, a couple other people. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw out the Trump <laughs> car with Gene. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, for the record, the record is a Gene bucket. But I'm going to go ahead and keep asking questions about the game night. <laughs> Let me frame the question. The question is, so Stephanie and I are, and we both agree that our time together is best spent with, with almost anybody else. Like we are that couple that always has somebody with us. And mm-hmm. um, for us to be alone on a date is weird. It's, it's just, you know, we've, we've said it out loud. This is just weird. It's not us. It's, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering, are you and Gene the same way? I, I think yes and no. I think whenever whenever I'm looking at this piece of it, this specific kind of question in the area, I'm looking at it for growth. So I, I think there's certain conversations and there's certain things that we we would do together, just me and her, where we're going to have more and maybe more in-depth conversations that we might not have with other people there with us at the same time. So we might have more in-depth conversations with uh, Addison or Avery was doing X, Y, Z today. And how would you solve it as a mom? And how would I solve it as a dad? Or I've got a big piece that's on my mind and we're kind of going through a hurdle in our life and we work through our communication and we we got to have some of those tough conversations one-on-one to, to grow with each other and to, to develop. Now, at the same time, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to throw out these with other couples. I, I think that's a great area, a great aspect of, of our life, great areas that we can kind of grow and develop with, with other people. But again, just my initial piece, if, if I want to pick a one-on-one, I, I'd kind of use that as an opportunity with communication and overall intimacy that you have with each other to grow. I completely see it. And our, I guess our dynamic is similar but different. Like uh, Stephanie and I will have those conversations, but only when they need to happen. You know, like if we have a fight, like we need to talk about this. But as far as deep conversation, like I feel like those deep conversations between me and her don't happen unless this other couple kind of brings it up, right? And we're kind <laughs> of just brings con- up their problems. <laughs> well, that or just like contributes to the conversation. Like, well, what do you guys think of this, or how would you approach this in your in your parenting style and stuff like that? Like, well, the the deepest conversations yeah. that we've had has been uh, encouraged or uh, facilitated by someone who's just brought it up. It's, I right. think it's awesome that you and Gene are able to have those deep conversations without someone sparking it, you know, which, which also means that, it, you know, it, Stephanie it, and I do, we do need to do a better job of communicating and that's, that's all my fault. I, I definitely will take credit for that. Props to you guys. Yeah. And, and, and I, well, and I'm, I'm also making it seem like me and her go sit on the couch and we just take a deep dive into 
um, everything. It, it, I guess it's not really that either. It, it's maybe like how we conduct ourselves. So uh, it, it might not even be words. It might be actions where I see her actions and I'm learning from those pieces and she's seeing my actions and how um, I conduct myself. It, it It's pretty neat though. Nowadays, whenever we're, we've got something going on, she knows exactly how I'm going to react in a certain situation. And I know exactly how she's going to react in a certain situation. And if we do have a disagreement or something like that, we're, we're so on par with each other that we can nine times out of 10, not always, but nine times out of 10, if we've got a, something that's going wrong, after about five or 10 minutes, we can both realize to shut it off. It, it's, it's gone. It's in the past versus prior, whenever I look at our, our marriage at the beginning or whenever we first started dating, there might be weeks where we just be frustrated with each other. So we can kind of throw those to the side. But uh, I think that it is a lot because we, we've learned so much from each other and, and how to grow. But like I said, it, there, there, is, there are definitely times when we are with other couples and we can still um, have that growth and still have certain conversations with other people with it. So looking, looking back at, at you and Stephanie, for example, yeah, y'all are prime topic as far as being with somebody else and how you can kind of talk talk to other couples and see how they grow and how they get through situations so just pretty neat to see how how different people can do different things and it, and it can still work if what you say is true and you can narrow down you know weeks of uh, turmoil and not and, and nonverbal communication to to 10 minutes like i i call that a superpower right if you can <laughs> especially when it comes to marriage like for us, for me and Steph, like if we get into a fight, it used to be weeks, actually. You're right. I, I agree with you on that. But now we're still at days, right? It still takes a couple of days for us to, for me to simmer down. Mainly it's just me that loses my temper. But 10 minutes, ah, oh, man, that's that's a pipe dream for us right now. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I think at the, we, I, I've learned a, a bunch from different people throughout my career, throughout my life. And I, I know Gene has too. And we, we just come back into communication with each other where it's like, you know what, whatever piece that we're fighting over, it, it's something so small and minute that it just doesn't matter. Like our argument and our disagreement, I think that's where we, we've really just gotten really good at it, that this disagreement where I'm upset that she's making me go to a birthday party that I really don't want to go to for the kids. If I can take a step back and say, you know what, it's not that big a deal. I'll go to the birthday party and I'll suck it up and, and just handle it versus I know being just angry and pissed off for 24 hours is just going to make me that much more miserable. And I think Gene's kind of come to the conclusion of that same thing too. So we'll, or we've just done a very good job with getting past it and trying to move forward with it. You mentioned like it wasn't yeah. like that early in the in the career, early in the marriage, right? <laughs> so like, is this something that it just took constant practice or was there like some sort of light switch that just that just came on and and you had to approach it this way i guess i guess i go back to it and like i said that it's been for me it's been different people that i've had in my path over the past eight years i'd say eight years just because that's how long i've been working and that's where i've met a lot of really really good people in my life and i've met a lot of really really bad people in my life so I've, I've taken those eight years and I've really learned from them. And there's been a couple people, probably I'd say within the past four years, who just hit the nail on the head for me. So I've taken what I've learned from, from those guys within my work and I, I've taken that home. So I'd say it's been a, a, a slow roller coaster going up 
And then over the past four years, it's just kind of snowballed and it, it's grasped. And I've kind of brought some of that stuff home. And I think Jean's picks certain things up with some of the Bible studies and some of the people that she's come into contact with. It, it's weird. It's just like they both started to mesh at the same time with each other. And again, I, I think things going on in our life and then us having the communication and talking about what we learned. She knows where I'm coming from in certain situations, and I can kind of understand where she's coming from in certain situations. So we're not perfect. I mean, we still have our one-offs that it might be a, a longer than 10 minutes that I described, but we're, we've gotten a whole lot better. Yeah, I mean, that totally explains why this is this is the the, the, the perfect day right where that 10 minutes is is perfect i mean if you think if you really think about it like the the fact that you used to be weeks of non-talking or, or fighting and now you're at 10 minutes like that is uh you just saved so much time within your perfect day right even if you even if yeah. your perfect day does have conflict and fighting and stress you the and you can resolve it within 10 minutes like that does sound perfect to me yeah you, you bring up a good point, um, kind of talking with the timepiece. It, it's all about efficiency. We can eliminate all the crap, all the waste, all the stuff that doesn't bring purpose, that doesn't come back to our four quadrants that we're talking about. If we can eliminate all that junk, then how much better are, is our life going to be? And how much more happier are we going to be? And how many more family and fun adventures can I do if I can be more efficient with my time at the beginning of the day and be efficient with my time at the end of the day. So I think time is a very big factor into it. I don't want to forget this question. This question was, uh, you mentioned board games. So I got to know, like, why was, uh, why was that such a big talking point or big item in that bucket before I took it out? Yeah, I don't know. For me, growing up as a kid, we always played board games. So I remember going to my cousin's house and Thanksgiving and Christmas, we always played board games with each other. And then whenever I met Jean in high school, she was a big gamer. And I just thought that was pretty neat that the person that I ended up marrying, well, it, it, something small, but it, it still brought joy. I had a great time doing it growing up and pretty neat that she shared the same similarity to it. So we got a common interest. For whatever reason, we don't click with movies. So she likes her own set of movies and I like my own set of movies. So we don't really get too excited about going to the movies together. We will, but again, we just don't uh, like certain things with each other. But games, it's just fun, and she she gets excited whenever she's playing a game. It's it's always fun to watch. Yeah, I've known y'all for so long, and I always thought it was more of the the competition piece that you guys are so uh, you know that you guys enjoy so much, whether it be board games or video games or card games or whatever. But the fact that you said board games was like, huh, I didn't know that. Like that was <laughs> that was a learning moment for me. Yeah. So, uh, you you tapped out at four buckets. So now uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna because I know you, and sometimes it's best not to assume that I know you. Religion was not a bucket, and you mm-hmm. you did touch on this, and and I just want to make sure that I understand why it's not a bucket. It's and and you can, you you need to correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like religion specifically was not a bucket is because it's pretty much sprinkled in every other bucket. Like the serving yeah. others it, bucket is how you gain uh, spirituality and, and relationships through with God, right? Through them, as as well as your family, right. the love you have for your family. Is that true? Yeah, it's uh, it's so funny that you said that because at the so I, I've got the stuff written um, on my paper right here, and at the very bottom right here, I say I've got. He's going to ask me why God's not in there. So I, I think that's <laughs> I, I I think that's so awesome that you pointed that question out, and again. You're 100% right in that, where my communication and my religion is is being brought in 
from me and it's being poured out from other people. So that's, like you said, family members and adventures and, and serving others specifically and outdoor sports with friends, the relationship piece with it. That's 100% God working in my life and me getting to share God with other people. So yeah, 100%. You hit the nail on the head, man. I give you a gold star right now. But do you think that changed? Do you think like, you know, 10 years ago, like a perfect day was involving you at church? And now it seems like, you know what? If a perfect day doesn't have me stepping foot in the church, I'm kind of okay with that. Like, was is there a difference? I think sometimes we can be very narrow-minded where we can say Sundays is where I see God. Sundays, church services, Sunday school, that's where I see God. And and the truth of the matter is, uh, I think if we if we really look at it, we should hopefully see God every second of our day through other people, through the things that we do not just a once a week thing. And we got to get over that piece for it. So every action that we do, every word that comes out of our mouth um, should be a representation of Christ living and Christ working for us, within us. So yeah, uh, like I said, it's it, it's not the once a week thing. It, it should be every day. And it, at least for me, I, I try and try and make it an, an everyday thing. And I'm not the perfect Christian or anything like that, but I, I try my best to to make God happy. And I, I want to make sure that other people see him um, through my actions, and through my conversations that I have with others. You know, that makes perfect sense. Um, and I, I also see that as a growing pattern that I recognize within these interviews is people do have God at their forefront, but the way they approach God is not the traditional sense where, you know, this is church. This is reading the Bible every day. This is you know, saying our heaven like every day, like those aren't the things that people are recognizing. It's, it's that time that those moments spending with other people, it's the ability to go serve others. Like that is the stuff that I would, I would be inclined to say that that's what God wanted us to do in the first place. So if we are doing the things that he, he put us on this earth for, then, then we are serving that purpose. Like you said. Yeah. And I think the cool thing about it is there's, there's so many different ways. So some people are are drawn to um, it, it for them it, in their bucket. It might be reading the Bible for six hours out of the day. That's how they feel closest to God, and they might go take that, and they might go to a street corner, and they might go and proclaim their faith to other people, or it might be going down to the neighbor down the street and telling them what they read. That again, there's no no right or wrong whenever it comes to that piece, as long as you're taking what God's doing in your life and you're, you're showing it, whether it's verbally or whether it's through action. So yeah, it's, it's pretty neat that there's so many different ways that you can take that piece for it and how you put it into your four quadrants if, if you choose to do it that way. I should have never come into this conversation with an assumption. And one of my assumptions was that you would have put God or church or what or some sort of religion bucket. It, <laughs> it is truly a, a learning experience for me. So I do have a question and you probably saw this one coming too is you've you've identified your four buckets and work mm-hmm. is not one of those buckets. Yep. So why is that? Work is not part of my buckets. Well, one, you, I think you said I could put work in my bucket, right? No, I said you could. Well, it depends if you oh, if you put, truly love your bucket. I mean, lo- love your work to put in the bucket. Gotcha. No, so for me at, at the end of the day, work is work is to provide money to my family for us to go do these things in my four buckets. I, I've been in numerous positions within my company. I, I enjoy the people that I, I get to work with, but I, I've never, at the end of the day, I 
I want enough funds in my in my pocket where I can go provide those four things. So for me, if I'm not uh, extremely giddy and happy about going to work that day, it's not that I had a bad day or it's not that I hate my job or I hate my life or anything like that. At the end of the day, I know that I might have a rough day at work, but I get to take the funds that I got for my job and I get to go have um, daddy donut day on Saturday. And that brings me brings me more joy or I get the funds that I got from my work. And, you know, maybe I had a rough day at work. Big deal. But those funds that I got for my job, now I can go and take that and go on a mission trip for serving others. Or I can go take a plane trip um, down to Houston and play basketball with you for a weekend or something like that. So, no, work is not one of my top four fun things to do. But at the end of the day, it's also not a horrible thing. Like I, It's not something where I come home and I get stressed. I, I don't stress over work. I don't stress over the, the small things. So I, I just use that as, again, going back to it provides funds and it provides me a means to do these four pieces of my life. And so when you're at work, do you find yourself thinking of these four buckets while you're at work? And, and it sounds like when you're at home, you're not thinking of work, obviously. So I got to ask the question, if you're at work, are you thinking of these buckets in a daydream sense, daydreaming sort of sense? Yeah, 100% all the time. So um, these four things motivate me throughout my work. If if I'm not motivated to to go to work and to, to get through the day, then none of the stuff that I talked about is going to happen. I'm not going to have a job. And I, I think I, I could, and I think that's another thing that's neat too, is everybody picks and choose what they want to do. So if you want to... If you want to go make a certain dollar amount, then go go do it, right? For me, I, I've kind of gotten to a point where in my career where I feel comfortable with the funds that I'm getting from my career, and that helps me get through these four buckets. If I want to change my buckets, which maybe my buckets change later on down the road, and they might not need as, as many funds, or maybe they need more funds. I don't know. Then we've got to go um, change certain things. But to the other half of your question, no, whenever work is over, I shut it down. I don't think about work. I think about all the other things that are going on in my life that bring me joy. But don't get me wrong. There are definitely parts of my job, um, and my job is very relationship-oriented. So I'm traveling around. I'm meeting new people all the time. I can still do certain pieces of my bucket. So, for example, I can still serve others um, with my job, and that still puts a check mark in there for me as far as part of the joy that I get and part of the joy that I can share with other people. Yeah, work's not in there, but I can still have certain aspects of that. And there are more good days than bad days at work. Oh, yeah, 100%. I very rarely have a, a bad day. And, I, and again, I think that for, for me, I just uh, goes back to the kind of conversation that I had with, with me and Gene where we can kind of get past the, the cruddy stuff pretty quickly. I, I had a boss in, in Florida, one of my managers out there, his name was uh, Lyndon. And Lyndon always said, you know what, we don't save lives. So while we might think that we're having a stressful day, I'm not, I'm not saving anybody's life. Now, to the doctors out there who do save lives, God bless you. That's not something that I've been blessed with, so I, I could never do that. But for my job, I'm not saving anybody's life, and whatever stress that comes across, it's small. It's minute. I'll get through it. That's a great mindset. I've never heard that one before. Yeah, and I, I've, I've used it with uh, different employees that I've had over the past three or four years whenever I was in a, a manager role, and they probably got sick and tired of me saying it, but again... At the end of the day, whatever stressful piece that I encounter in my life, and I want to try and bring that home to the family. So if we're running 
across something stressful. I, I, I just lost, uh, be kind of transparent with you on this piece, which you already know, I lost my job two months ago. First time I ever got fired, the thought of how do I support my family? Um, when am I going to get a new job? How much is my job going to pay me? Where am I going to go? Am I going to be able to pay my mortgage? Uh, at the end of the day is one of those things that's kind of weird. I, I wasn't worried about it because it's going to work out at the end of the day. I'm not going to go into a hole. And there's other people that are going on and they don't even have a house to live in. or They might not have food to, to eat every day. And I, I got those things. I'm very blessed with it. So, yeah, I, I lost my job. Big deal. We'll, we'll move on. But um, I'm not saving anybody's life, so the stress will go away. The the small things that happen in our life, it'll go away. We'll we'll all rebound for it. And I'm bringing that back into the the faith piece. I think that's just uh, I've got faith in God that he, He's going to provide. And there's other more important things to worry about, and other more important things to accomplish in life rather than worrying about some of the other stuff. You know, you brought that up, and so. uh, I'm kind of glad you did bring that up. So two months, two months without a job. Did you did you learn something extremely valuable within those two months that you would not have learned had you not had the two months? I think it, and again, I'm I'm gonna get all religious and stuff on this again, but I I think I learned not a bragging piece, but I think I learned um, how strong faith can be. Because again, I, I look at that piece of my life and I, I look at the challenges and I look at the things that. I could have thought that I could have done. I look at the situation that I could have put my family in, the stress that I could have put them in, but it was 100% faith that knowing, you know what, this is happening. I might not see this on the lower story down here, but God's got a bigger purpose that, that certain things are moving on the upper story and His works that are going on. So for me, as far as what I learned, I learned that faith can move mountains. You, you've heard that term before, faith can move mountains. At the end of the day, we're not writing our own story down here. There's other things that are going on that we can't see and that we can't understand. And, and I've learned that from other people and things that have gone on in their life. And I had a guy that I worked with whenever I was in Little Rock, and his wife had cancer. And he came into my office and he goes, you know what? Wife's got cancer, and he was about the most positive that a, a person can be. And I'm thinking, how can you be this positive in life and your wife is going to die in another month? And the coolest thing, a couple of weeks later, the guy called me up and he goes, Adam, you're not going to believe this, but the cancer was gone. Mm. So for me, that, that went to show, you know, I lost my job. This guy almost lost his wife, and he had that much faith that it was all going to work out. So if he can have that much faith, I can have that much faith um, in my, my stressful thing, the thing that came on in my life. So I guess if, if people are listening and I can't speak to things that are going on in any, everybody's life because they've got everybody's got their own challenges, I can't put my shoes and or my feet in their shoes just like they can't put their feet in my shoes because I I don't know where they've been. But yeah, it, it's going to get better. Life life's going to get better. You're going to have times of down and um, you're going to have times of up. Just part of it. You know, after you said all that, I feel like I'm I'm glad you didn't say the religion bucket because. Uh, the fact that you were able to think in such a way uh, during those two months is is like living proof that all the the things that that faith is were in the the family and the time you spent with your family in those two months, as well as the mindset you had to continue to serve others and have that faith to get you to where you are now. You know, two months later. So I, it's it's just it's so cool to see all of that um, be incorporated within each other, like seeing all yeah. the the dots connect. Okay, that was awesome. Well, that was an hour and two minutes. Uh, I knew this would be easy. Oh, man, I went over. My bad. <laughs> I knew I was going to ramble. 
<laughs> no, no. I'm I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad I got to talk to you. It was exactly how I thought it was going to be. You know, out of the 15 people, there are some people where it's like, I don't know how I'm going to talk to this guy for so long or this girl for so long. And then there's some people where it's like, this is going to be a breeze and one hour won't be enough. And And that's exactly what this was. Yeah. So what I usually do is like a real quick recap of what I interpreted your buckets to be. And then uh, after that, I kind of just ask for a feedback session on, on myself. Like uh, my objectives, obviously, were to ask you questions and, and bring this concept to you. And so feedback on the questions I gave you or the concept itself would be greatly appreciated. Uh, the buckets that I understood was, you know, you have, and this was unique to you, was the family and the adventures bucket. And you can't have one without the other. Uh, it's important to, for you to provide those those joys as well as the experiences that that don't happen on a couch in front of the TV with your family. And so that was that was the first bucket. And then the second bucket, the second bucket was serving others. And you do so by the simplicity of your actions and not necessarily through money or career or any of those major things that people usually bring up when they when they think that they are doing something for the for the greater good. In your case, it's literally just making a sandwich and handing it off. So that's that's pretty awesome. Then the other one was outdoor sports, something you don't get to do right now, but it's definitely a a, pri- a priority that will become a, a major one, and it's um, it's really just for the sense of play and who you play with. The other one was you tried to squeeze two in one, and then I stopped that, put a red light to it, and made that just one <laughs> one inside the bucket, which is your wife. And I was hoping you'd say that, or otherwise you'd be in a doghouse later tonight. But yeah, it is it is your wife, and it is that constant communication, that consistency that you two have that you may not have had early in your marriage, but you bring it to the table now and it has, it has gotten you this far. I mean, even through that, those two months of unemployment, you are still able to communicate and that, that may have been your saving grace. I mean, imagine if you didn't communicate and you had those, you know, those weeks go by where you didn't, you know, you weren't getting a job. I'm sure that that would have been detrimental to your marriage. And so, so that is important. You, You still want time with your friends, obviously, and you still want to play board games with them, but but if you had to choose one or the other, uh, that should be a no-brainer that it's your wife. So those are the yeah. four buckets. Uh, I thought you were going to say religion, but you didn't because you sprinkled religion in all the other ones. As as I mean, that's that's just a great response. I appreciate that. Anything else? Did, did I? How did I do? How did that recap go? Yeah, no, I think you did good, man. It seemed like throughout the entire time, it was you're listening to the T on everything that came out of my mouth. So you uh, you had perfect questions to go on with everything that I said. You kind of question me at, at certain things so rightfully so at that only other thing i'd suggest just keep as much dialogue as possible i think that's where i felt most comfortable is when we were kind of talking with each other as opposed to like one way where you're just kind of talking and i'm just listening yeah okay yeah. i gotcha just constant back and forth yeah that, that helped me out with the and don't get me wrong i guess part of the piece of it is is i've got to um i've got to explain certain things so i've got to explain my bucket whenever you started getting into the the question piece it, it really helped whenever there are certain portions when you were more dialogue with me whereas kind of back and forth that that helps out with my mindset and how i communicate certain things versus me rambling so, yeah i got you I'm, yeah and i don't know maybe that maybe that helps with uh if you're trying to make it at one hour and you know that people are going to go into uh, an hour and a half, then how can you steer certain questions or just 100% up, up front with them? Hey, you got to knock this out within an hour. And if you go over, I'm going to knock you out. 
<laughs> no, no. It's just, so the more I do this, the more I start to see my own strengths and my own strengths uh, starting to become clear that that I'm that I enjoy. Maybe not great at, but I enjoy listening. And so if that means you talk for an hour straight and I'm literally just listening, then I am satisfying my own strength. For the purpose yeah. of people listening, that's not a concern to me right now. My concern is how do I play to my strengths and what can I do with it. And so if I'm with you. Yeah, so listening is definitely something that that I enjoy doing, but also asking these questions that, you know, outside of this phone call, I would hope that I ask questions that you probably wouldn't get on a regular day. And that's that's kind of been a priority for me is make sure that the person I'm talking to understands that I am hanging on their every word. And outside of this conversation, you may or may not get that. I don't know. I I kind of like giving that sense of gratification, so to speak. Well, and the only other suggestion I'd have is, so me and you've been friends for the past 10 or 12 years, and I, I wrote down that one piece because it, it's like, like I know Gene and Gene knows me. Like, I know you, and I know what you're going to think, and you know me, and you know what I'm going to think now, right? Yeah. So I'd just say on, on some of the questions that you asked, they were, they, they, they kind of nudged a little bit and they were personal, which I, I'm a hundred percent on par with answering that because that's the relationship that, that me and you have. Just be cautious on who you're talking to, because you did say that you were thinking about rolling this out to people that you didn't know. Just be cautious on certain questions. If, if it doesn't probe at them, if, if it doesn't probe at them too much and it might hurt them. Oh yeah. So, no, I've, I've ran into so, that with my own make brother. Sure, make sure you know your audience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I pushed and prod on my own brother. And uh, it really kind of threw him a little bit off guard because me and him are not personal. And so when I started asking him, you know, family questions, it was just like I could tell, like, it's going to be a little bit more difficult when you're a total stranger. So thank you for that. Yeah. 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 Because the only reason I say that is because I've been there and, man, I've gotten the backlash from people on it. (laughs) But also, like, you know what? Overall, man. Yes. I could go on forever. Did you have any expectations coming into this call? exceed or not exceed your your expectations or did you wish i had said more done more Um, no i think the only thing and this is just my personality style other people i'm i'm not as on the fly like i i I can't think on the fly as other people can so i'm a very prep type of work personality so any type of like i'm trying to think if I'm i'm not sure if how how our text came about with it but if you didn't give me um, a heads up on what we were talking about with some of the stuff, I'd have been more of a, a deer in the headlights with it. So for me, letting me know what we were going to talk about help, helped out quite a bit. So just just making sure if, if you're going to do it with other people to give them more explanation of maybe what and why behind it. Yeah. Unless you're, unless that was your, your goal behind it, I, I'm not sure. But for me, it helped whenever you told me as much as you can beforehand. Yeah, the first four or five, was I caught them off guard. That was a lesson learned. People do actually yeah. appreciate that text beforehand. So I'm, yeah. I, you caught on real quick. So did you actually write something down? Do you have like a pen and paper in front of you? Yeah, man. Got uh, four buckets. I'd say you you might be the first. You might be the first person to come prepared in such a way with a you know paper, paper and pen. Well, I, I don't know if that's coming prepared or literally that's just me. I have to write stuff down if I go in for an interview, which I've had to do for numerous times over the past <laughs> couple of months. Um, I've got to do I got to do a lot of prep work. I can't just go in there on the fly. That's not how uh, my mind works. Yeah. <laughs> this concludes the episode and conversation that I had with Adam. We talked a lot about his buckets and what was important to, to him. 
And although his buckets may not be unique, his perspective on the buckets are. He has provided insight on adventures and what adventures really do mean to him. You see, he clarified that the sense of adventures is all about the excitement that people feel. And he himself seeks out adventures and wants to pass on that trait and those experiences to his daughters, just like I do. It was really an inspiration to see his perspective on the little things in life that exhilarate us, even if that means just going to a baseball game. And then we touched base on one of his other buckets, which was service to others. And I know Adam to be a very faithful person, and he uses his service to others to experience that faith, just like I do. I've never been a huge church-goer, but I know that I put conservative effort towards talking to people and helping them, because that's how I personally experience faith. I get more from the connections that I make with other people and identifying how I can help them than I do from an hour at a church service. Then we touch base on marriage, and marriage is something him and I both have in common, obviously. It was interesting to see what phase of marriage he is in, which in turn is the same phase of marriage that I am striving to have with my wife, and that is just a very strong sense of communication. I know communication is the key to success in a marriage, yet it is still difficult for me personally to utilize that skill in order for our marriage to be perfect. Now I know not every marriage, or if there is even such a marriage that is perfect, but we could be that much closer if I did a better job at communicating to my wife. And Adam has realized that. He has realized that the communication that he has with his wife has a direct correlation to how successful his marriage is. Now, that knowledge and wisdom that he gained about marriage was not by himself. He talked about where he got that information and that experience and perspective from, and the people that he came across in his career, as well as church, have taught him these things that he can bring home, talk to with his wife, and incorporate into their marriage. How amazing is that to accept wisdom like that and immediately bring home to his family, because that is a key piece to moving his family and marriage into the right direction. And then we touch base on the value of time. And so for this Buckets project, I began to realize what was important to people. I also know that because we know what's important to people, it would be logical for those people to eliminate all the things that are not important or do not contribute to those priorities or objectives or buckets, yet they don't. And here in this conversation, we made it very clear that we know what's important and we are striving to do a better job to eliminating all the things that are not important, which as a result gives us more time with the people that we love and gives us more time to serve others simply by just eliminating all the junk. So there you have it. Those are the talking points and discussions that really stood out to me. And on a final note, Adam really touched base on perspective. Yes, there's a lot of things in life that don't go our way. There's a lot of struggles and tribulations that keep us from being happy or have the potential to keep us from being happy. But the consistent theme and pattern and characteristic that successful people have is the ability to change their perspective. Whenever a bad day is a bad day, they find that whenever a day seems like a bad day, 
they realize that the little things that happened aren't so bad, that there is a bigger purpose for the outcomes within our day that we can't understand as human beings. And if we take a step back and just come to that realization and have faith that we are still moving in the right direction, then a bad day becomes a good day. So there you have it. This concludes the lessons that I learned from Adam, who is truly a blessing in my life. With this new archive of wisdom, I can always come back and relearn from Adam the most important things in life, these lessons that I can't find in a book. I hope you learned as much as I did from this conversation, and I hope you continue to come back for more. Thanks a lot. Have a good day.